guys, welcome back to Wayward Fans, a supernatural podcast. I'm Shannon. And I'm Leanna. Today we're talking about Folsom Prison Blues and what is and what should never be. So, those are going to be fun titles to save in yeah. the computer. <laughs> um, anyway, 19 and 20, right at the end there. Right at the end. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Getting close to our special little friend. Um... Not super close, but closer. Yeah, closer. Every season's a little bit closer. Plus, season three is <laughs> short, so. That's true. It's true. Isn't yeah. it like 16 episodes or something? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Folsom Prison Blues, uh, the 19th episode of season two, was directed by Mike Roll and written by John Shaban. Shaban. Wait, 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 should look it up. <laughs> So we start in Green River County Detention Center. They're remodeling an old cell block. Um, And they're, like, opening a very, very firmly sealed door. Um, And when they finally get it open, we see a room that's just, like, covered in dried up blood. And then we see all the normal signs of a ghost. The air gets cold. We see some paper flying past people. Um, Then it cuts to night. Some dude reading comics in his cell and the lights flicker. Um, the clock stops and we see a spirit fly by right outside his room. Um, he waves down security through the video camera and, uh, the guard shows up and just yells at him to shut up. And then when the guard walks away and signals lights out, we see the same cold air and he gets pinned in the cell block door and he's screaming and then it cuts to the original inmate was kind of like a I told you so right. look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and then card so then we see sam and dean breaking into um i don't know if it's obvious but i looked it up um the arkansas museum of anthropology and sam's like this is a bad idea i don't like this (laughs) and you find out pretty soon why he felt it was a bad idea because it's made pretty evident that they did that they get caught on purpose right? so that they can go to that detention center. And uh, we get to see them do mug shots. And Dean is hilarious, as usual. And I love that he's referencing Zoolander. Right. <laughs> this is my blue steel. And then he does his face that he does for every single photo he yes. normally does. <laughs> so I was looking at the mug shots because they have... The height behind right. him, and I don't know if that's accurate or not. It's not. I actually wrote it Did down. Did you? And okay. I, I, I double checked because I knew, I knew before this that Sam was uh, six, six four, four and right. Dean is six one, and Cass is six, only right. because we've talked about it numerous <laughs> times. But anyway, um, it's on here. It's showing that Dean appears to be six three and because he tilts his head back. And but and then in the profile it stands him just over six two, um, where okay. Sam, who's kind of slouching, is standing at moping. six five, <laughs> and his head and the crown of his head is reaching six six in the profile shot. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So they're wow. actually showing him a couple inches taller than they really are, hmm. which is kind of weird, weird to right? do. But because they're already pretty tall guys. Yeah, it's like six four is actually tall, you guys. It's like freakishly tall. <laughs> like we don't need to and give six him two two is like. Did you say Jensen's six two or he's six one? He's six one. He's six one. That's still pretty freaking tall. Yeah. Like yeah. That's above average, I would say. Yeah. I mean he's he's not moose, but Well, I know, but, but who he's is? tall, like, you know. <laughs> um Also you notice, um if you're 
paying attention or if this is your second watch through, uh, <laughs> that Jensen or Dean is not wearing his amulet or his rings, anticipating being booked and oh, losing I didn't his stuff. That. Hmm. Yeah, I was like, he's not wearing any of his jewelry. Not that there's a ton, but you right. know, the but amulet's the kind of important. Right. That ring he always right. wears. He's not wearing them. Um, and uh, so we go through that, and then Dean, it goes straight to Dean in the interrogation room with Hendrickson, right? And he doesn't recognize Hendrickson right. at first because right. he's never actually seen yeah, the guy. Exactly. He's yeah. just talked to him on the phone. And when he realizes it's Hendrickson, he looks a little less cocky. <laughs> right. Well, at first, you're like, this dude is not concerned at all about right. being here or right. talking to this FBI agent. And then you're right. You can kind of see, like, the, oh, <laughs> you're that guy. Right. And he's kind of like, well, shit. But then he still is Dean, and he, he's acting like he doesn't really care. But mm-hmm. you can kind of tell and the subtle changes in his posture. And it, right. He's He kind of cares. <laughs> yeah. Well, he should. I mean, Jesus Christ. I do like Henriksen's partner, who, like, hardly ever says anything. He just kind of backs and he just, up like, Hen- Exactly. <laughs> just, like, repeats anything <laughs> Henriksen says. <laughs> He's like, yeah, he was mad. Yeah, I love when Henriksen's all, I near went nuts. And his partner, he near went nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, and yeah. I do like that Henriksen's like, I can't believe you guys got caught by tripping like a motion detector. Yeah. He was, yeah. he's like, I was actually surprised. Yeah. And Dean's just like, yep. It, it happens. Whoopsies. Um, oh, sorry. I keep go ahead. Interrupting you. Do you know what it was that they were looking at in the museum? Um, yeah, I looked it up and I forgot to write it. Write it down. Oh, okay. There, it was a very. It was a specific um, uh, exhibit that was being displayed, and they were looking at the knife and the and a hatchet. Some wasn't other it? hatchet or right. some other weapon. Yeah. Okay. I be- I'm assuming and. From if I can remember correctly, what I read it was some kind of Native American right tribe. Uh, I mean, exhibit. it looked like it definitely looked Native American. Right. I just couldn't. I can't remember the exact one, but it did say it when I looked it up. It oh, said okay. what exhibits were on. Oh, okay. I think you can see it. Can like, you when would, they're walking uh, through? Okay. Like, you know, if you're one of those people who like are freezing every frame to catch right. every <laughs> minute detail. Um. So yeah, but then um. We get to meet Mara Daniels, who is their public defender. She comes in and stops the interrogation. And uh, that's 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 kind of when we know that, that they had planned all along to go. Because Sam's like, we're going to Greene County, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, uh... <laughs> and you're like, oh... Okay, you and guys are, And then when she says, like, how long they're going to stay there, it's, Sam kind of gives Dean a look, like... Yeah, like, that, that's how long we're going to be there. <laughs> we get a week or less. Right. So let's <laughs> we need fucking to get this not done. mess around. Um, so they're placed in the newer B block when they get there. Sam's in B309. Dean is in 310. B310. Just in case this comes up for quiz. All right. <laughs> um, I love their cellmates. Dean's just... <laughs> Will not give him the top bunk. And I then, love the look he gives Dean when Dean's like, I call top bunk. He's like, what? Just throws his stuff up there. And then I love the look Sam gives Dean. Yeah. When they close his cell door and you see Sam's face just like, yeah, just like I'm going to fucking hate you. kill you. I hate you so right. much. And then later they're talking about him and he's like, so how's your cellmate? He's like, he just stares at me. <laughs> it makes me very uncomfortable. 
Oh, I wrote this note because I thought it was funny. Sam is racist against inmates like Dean is racist against ghosts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I even said I can kind of see where Sam's coming from on this one, but... I, I just mean, thought it was funny that yeah, he was no, just like, is. innocent. Right, innocent. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa. Well, granted, you are, I mean, I don't know the facility they're in or if right. it's just for murders and rapists. Which seems unlikely. But, you know, there are people in there who got caught smoking pot. They don't deserve to die, <laughs> you know? Not that I'm like a pot or anything, but right. come on, that's not a fucking crime. Settle down. You're smoking a plant. Get over it. Anyway, I just thought it was kind of funny because we just had an episode where Dean was like, oh, that ghost. Right. <laughs> and now it's, now it's Sam. But like, maybe mates. we need to have Sam be a little prejudiced against a certain class of person. Right. <laughs> so we find out that they're doing this for a guy named Deacon, who was a friend of their father. He was in the core with them and saved their, or their father saved his life or he, no, he saved their father's life. And so they feel like they owe this guy some, you right. know, a favor. And according to Sam, uh, Dean, he's pretty sure the plan is good uh, <laughs> and he knows what's going on. He knows who the killer is, Mark Moody. It's a guy who had a heart attack and that's how all the inmates are dying. Right. Um, and then the plan to get out is also totally solid. He's really pretty sure. Yeah. Because, yeah, Sam's <laughs> like, I need a little bit better than pretty sure. And he's like, I'm really, really pretty, pretty sure. sure. <laughs> um. So, Dean gets into a fight, <laughs> gets put into solitary. Did you have anything to say about I the just fight? love the look that Sam gets from Tiny at the end of the fight. Oh, the, like, the, like I'm going to kill you. Throat. Yeah. Like, boy, I just feel so bad for Sam. Like, <laughs> Dean's the worst person to be stuck in prison with. <laughs> so, um, Dean wants a baseball, like Steve McQueen. <laughs> and... While they're in solitary, him and the guy, um, Lucas, that he got in a fight with, um, the D notices the clock stopping and the cold air, and he's like, oh shit, and he's telling Lucas not to move. Right. Which I don't know why he would say that, but I guess... You know, and it was at this point that I really kind of realized that this was a very stupid idea of theirs, because they have no way of defending themselves Right. From the actual ghost. Had she come to him. Right. What would he have done? Exactly. He would have died. Like, exactly. I've never heard holding still <laughs> stopping a ghost from coming after you. Yeah. It hasn't come up in the epi- in the series so far, right. nor does it come up again. Right. Ever again. <laughs> so, I don't, maybe he just felt like he needed to say something. Right. <laughs> so, Dean watches, or listens, rather, yeah. to Lucas getting killed. Um, and he's freaked out by it because, you know, he, he hears that it's quite painful. Well, it's a heart attack. Right. Um, and then it cuts back to Mara, who's talking to Hendrickson, and she doesn't think the boys are as guilty as he thinks they are. Right. Because she's actually gone back and done some research, research and talked to other people involved with the cases that they're being charged with. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's like, they've actually they all helped say that, a lot like, of people. Save their lives, right. right? And I really like how Henriksen is just so cut and dry with this, like, it's black and white. All oh, nope, they broke the law. They're bad people. It doesn't matter what other people say because it reminds me so much of Dean, right? That yeah. it makes it like, like no, the most bad. appropriate person to be, be after him. Yeah. Right. Um, and then he's a total dick to her, and he just tells her that the adults are working and, and that she, she needs, needs to, to go because um, he's Henriksen, right? 
So Sam is mopping floors with Randall, which is the first guy we saw reading the comic in the beginning. Yes. That's Randall. Um, they're mopping up the blood. or he, Randall was telling him the story <laughs> about Mark Moody and how it wasn't a heart attack. But rather that the guards beat the shit out of this guy. And he right. was in there mopping up the blood, the blood the next day. And it was just, there was so much of it, he couldn't mop it all up. <laughs> and I love Sam. All, well, how much blood was there? Right. <laughs> like, really, Sam? Randall would be kind of like, dude, get away from me. Yeah. Sam is so funny through that whole scene because he's like talking about how he knew the guy. And Sam, well, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this gossip girl. Right, exactly. <laughs> Tell me everything you know. Start from the beginning. Do but not just, leave anything out. But just like, how much blood was there? What? What kind of question is that? Right. Can you guard? Guard. I need a guard I need in a here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with this guy. So Sam tells Dean that he he's pretty sure that it's the blood that's keeping Moody tethered, mm-hmm. um, but he's concerned that they don't have any um, accelerant. Or salt to right. <laughs> salt and burn the the blood, the material that's left right. behind. And uh, at this point, Dean gets up and he has fistfuls of cigarettes that he just won playing poker. <laughs> and he shouts out, hey, fellows, who's ready to deal? And if you watch closely, you can see Jared grinning and mouthing the lines along no with way. Jensen. Really? Yes. Oh, man, I have to go back and watch it. It's really cute. Like he, it's like they really liked that scene, or he, Jared, really liked that line, or something. Right. You know, like yeah. the way he's acting. So I thought that was kind of cute. So check that out if you haven't okay. seen that. Um, so obviously, uh, Dean was able to get matches with his deal. Sam has a plan, and he's pretty sure he's really pretty, <laughs> really pretty, sure, pretty sure it's gonna work. And we find out pretty quickly that. The plan is for Dean to get in a fight with Tiny right. and distract the guards so that Sam could slip away. So one question I have about this is, like, what the fuck does that food really taste like? Considering how <laughs> much of it Dean eats. And he, I mean, he eats a lot of it and he's pretty happy, like, eating it. I just, I mean. I don't think Dean's a good staple for deciding so? what food is going to taste like. But then Sam's, like, super picky. Like, we hardly, I mean, if you think about it, we hardly ever see Sam eat anything. Right. You know, he's got to so. keep those chiseled abs. He does. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the more lean swimmers, you know, right. muscly body. he has got, like, the more lumberjack type. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> anyway, um. I'm just very curious. I think Dean will eat anything. I think you're right. But I still (laughs) want to know. Like, I want to know. I just love how he's like, I'll take mine al dente. Right. (laughs) You want some crispy pasta from... It probably is. Or it's really gummy. Right. Overcooked. Yeah. Definitely. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. Um, Um, I do like how he picks the fight with Tiny. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I put as one of my favorite lines. Is it a thyroid thing or a deep-seated self-esteem issue? (laughs) Because they're just donuts. They're not love. (laughs) That line, they're just donuts, they're not love, is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, I love that one. Um, So they get in a fight. Uh, The distraction is is a success. And Sam slips away. And while he's in the kitchen, he grabs a thing of salt and he goes through the vent to get to the old cell block. He finds Moody's cell right away. And it looks like the blood is still wet on that I match. Know. I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't this been there for like 20 years or something? Right. I thought I could have sworn they said something like 20 years. Right. 
okay. I guess if you leave something folded for 20 years, it doesn't dry out. Right. <laughs> or it keeps its shine. <laughs> <sighs> and I love how, so then Sam is doing his thing, uh, burning the mattress, the blood on the mattress, and we go to the infirmary where Tiny and Dean are, and Dean's apologizing to Tiny. It's like, I'm sorry, man. I just had to get in a fight with you. I can't explain why, but I don't. I didn't really mean any of those things I said. And Tiny. <laughs> and he's just, like, totally open. And he's like, it's okay. I just... I, I really do father. have self-esteem issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Um, so while they're talking, Dean actually sees the spirit, which is not Mark Moody, but some old lady. Right. Who's all bucked up looking. And she comes at, at Dean. Luckily, he had salt handily Handily on his bed. (laughs) Well, it was on his tray. Right. Yeah. Yeah. On the bed. Like, so I guess they got to take their dinner with them with even them? though just right. they got in a fight which seems weird but but anyways he had salt it was good <laughs> so he throws he throws salt on her while she's trying to kill him and she disappears but then she goes and she kills tiny instead which is unfortunate it is because like dean i think we all like tiny yeah so um then dean and sam talk about the nurse and they go to randall to get more information and they have to bribe him with cigarettes more and than Dean was, you know, happy of. I to earned like a, these. Yeah. What are you going to do with them, Dean? You're planning on leaving here. Um, it just reminded me of Dean, because Dean gave him, like, a whole pack of cigarettes before they had, like, very much information. And it's like, I can't remember what episode it was in season one, but they're trying to get info from that dude at the coroner's office. Uh-huh. And so Sam just, like, drops a 50, a like, right away. Oh, was it 100? Yeah, because yeah. it was, like, four... Okay. 520s. Oh, okay. Yeah. It just reminded me of that. Yeah, like, I remember I, I counted and I brought oh, that right. up in the... And I was like, dude, why are you starting at such a high amount? Right. That was my whole thing with the, like a whole pack of cigarettes, dude. Right. Yeah. Why would you start with that? Yeah. Like here's like 10 cigarettes. Or maybe know? even five. I mean, if right. it's such a hot commodity in right. prison, they're probably... You probably started with five. Good. Right. Yeah. So I just thought I'd point that out. Yeah. Totally. Dean obviously didn't learn his own lesson because <laughs> he didn't he say something to Sam or am I making that up? Now I can't. He remember. did say something to Sam, but it wasn't about how much. It was just that he earned uh, that money. Okay. He oh, okay. He said it was the, the same, same thing. thing? Yeah. Because <laughs> all of his money's earned with gambling. Oh, okay. Because huh. I think I think Dean earns the money for them the majority of the time. Yeah. Well, I know um, Sam is a good pool hustler. We do see him hustling. Yeah. Pool. But it's much later, and right. he doesn't, you know, because. At least in the beginning, Sam is not okay with the credit card fraud and everything. Right. He goes along with it because he's just not to. happy with it. But most of the money comes, I think, from Dean's gambling habits. <laughs> Luckily, he's good at it. So. Right. <laughs> um, but anyway, so they find out from Randall that um, it was a nurse. Her name was Nurse Glockner. She worked in the seventies, and she had a thing out for cons. Um. He says, yeah, the story was Glockner had it out for cons, and she did this uh, Charles Bronson thing with the hypodermic. Anyway, that's the rumor. No, nobody ever proved anything. So then Dean goes to Mara, has a visit with her at the little phone booth things, and asks her to get information, specifically where she's buried. 
<laughs> Which is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Considering she already knows, like, how many times they're charged with grave desecration. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it was amazing that she went through with it. I and know. Then, but Dean is pretty, so. Right, yeah. I guess we have agreed that most people would do almost anything for Dean. Right. If it does. is funny, though, as the lawyer right. who knows that one of the charges is, is grave desecration. And she's like, sure, here's okay, where this, here's lady's, where this buried. lady's buried. Go. Maybe she felt okay because they were in jail? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> From what she knew about the guys, because you know she knew everything that Henriksen knew. Right, of uh, course. It was, uh, that was poor decision making on her part. <laughs> exactly. So, Dean comes out and starts a fight with Sam uh, uh, in the middle of the yard, and they get taken away by the guard and put in a solid or to be put in solitary. But the guard takes them into like a I bathroom think it's the commissary. or something. Oh, is it? Is it a bathroom? Okay, no, yeah, something tiled, right? <laughs> um, and let's the other guard know he'd like to handle this him. alone. Yeah. <laughs> Which could mean so many things. Right, right. And I'm like, they're two kind of big guys. Right. Like, like, sure. Yeah. But then we find out that that guard is actually Deacon. Which, I, it was great because he's actually pretty creepy looking. Yes. You know? Yeah. So he really did come across as, like, yeah. the creepy guard. I, he's been, like, a vampire and a warlock and, like, other oh, has he really? TV shows. Yeah. Oh, okay. When I was looking up what he's done. Oh, okay. He actually comes back in this, but I'll get to that. Um... So, we find out that Mara actually came through with the information, which as we was said, instant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, two hours later, from, she's like, boom. From what we know, Dean left the conversation with her and immediately, immediately had, a had a fight with, with Sam, Sam. <laughs> and then immediately got pulled into the bathroom or whatever with By Deacon, Deacon. <laughs> and he had the information. Like, in an envelope right there. Or did he have... He had the envelope He did have him. the envelope. Yeah, because that's when he Jesus let them Christ. leave. So that's just TV time for you. Like, you don't really know right. the length of time that passed there. It just kind of... And what's funny is I never even really questioned it, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. I do like the fight that they have in front of Deegan. Yeah. Um, just the little argument back and forth. And he's finally just like, guys. Right. And they're like, what? Yeah. And he's like, she has the information. Right. She, or your, your lawyer left this for you. And he's like, oh, yeah, she came through. And Sam's like, are you done patting yourself on the back? Yeah. And I'm like, give him a minute, Sam. It's just—it's <laughs> a proud moment. You get your lawyer right? <laughs> who knows about your charges to get you this fucking information. <laughs> give him one second. It's okay. Um, so they find out where she's buried. Yes. Deacon shows them on the way through the vents. The Impala is there waiting for them. Which, you know, they it was obviously a good plan. They had everything set up. I mean, I still agree with you. And overall, it's a terrible plan. Yeah, it was really stupid They could have totally died. Um, and then being the Winchesters, they just stand next to baby and change and talk right. about what they're going to do instead of getting the fuck out of there. Right. Can we, you guys have so many Impala talks. You can't right. just go. Can't we just go while you're driving, have the Impala right. talk? So Hendrickson goes and talks to Mara and he's wanting to know what they talked about when she had a visit and she's. At first, not willing to give up that information for client pr- uh, privileges and all that. Um, but according to Sam, that doesn't apply in this instance. Right. So, 
she finally tells him about the nurse and that the guys wanted to know where she was buried. And Hendrickson is asking where, and it's cutting back and forth between this conversation and, and them the boys digging her like, up, yeah, right. at the cemetery. Then it goes back to the uh, prison and we see Deacon in the bathroom. The clock stops, it gets cold and nurse Glockner shows up and she's mad at Deacon for letting, for letting the Winchesters go. go. Yeah. Yeah. So she starts to kill him. Um, the boys, luckily, salt and burn the bones before... Perfect timing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so he lives and she's dead. FBI show up to an empty cemetery and he's like, are you sure this is the right one? And his partner's like, he, she said Mountainside Cemetery. This is Mountainside Cemetery. And then we see the boys leaving Green Valley <laughs> cemetery. cemetery. Yeah. And I wrote, maybe Hendrickson shouldn't have been such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to Mara with her little smirk as she gets into right. her car. What on earth made her decide to help them? Like, like I mean, was it just because Dean's pretty? Like, was that really Dean's it? pretty and Hendrickson called her a child. Oh, that's true. So, you know, that's true. He was being a dick to her. And so she's like, fuck, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Show you a child. Plus, she also <laughs> doesn't believe that they're guilty. She's right. the Sam in this scenario, whereas uh, Hendrickson okay. is the dean. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Because like, she, she was trying to tell him, I don't think it's as cut and dry as you're making it. Right. You know? So I and think... And that's when he calls her a child and, like, dismisses her. Right. So I think him calling her a child, him not wanting to listen to her about all mm-hmm. the evidence, she, the people she's talked to, Dean being hot, I think all of that kind of just piles up to why she was like, you know what, fuck this guy. Right. I'm going to throw him a bone. <laughs> Right. Because she's got to know it's not going to be for long. Well, and I didn't, I don't think she thought that they were going to escape so easily. Right. Yeah. That probably had a lot to do with it, too. I do, in a way, almost feel bad for Hendrickson having to chase, like, the Winchesters because that's got to be infuriating. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, my God, they get away from him so many times, <laughs> like, out of, like, impossible situations. Right, right. Yeah. Which um, is hilarious. Yeah, that would be yeah. infuriating. It would. I like Hendrickson. I wish he'd stuck around longer. Yeah. Well, he's not done yet. So. No, he's not. <laughs> um, what was one, one more question I had for you? Hold on. Is this the first time we actually see clocks stopping when ghosts appear? As far as I can remember, yes. Okay. And I don't remember it happening again. The only time I could think have. that it was even referenced was in um, Faith when they talked about when Dean died. She did um, quote, air quotes. Air quotes, sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I guess they were talking about when the Reaper would have showed up to get him. I guess. But that's the but only I time I remember, remember them referencing yeah, but that's it. not even like, having anything to do with, like, a ghost right. appearing, a vengeful yeah. spirit. Yeah, that's true, so. But yeah, I have never seen that. Um, speaking mm-hmm. of, did you have anything to no. say about the ghosts in this one? It's no. just a vengeful yeah, spirit. just so. a vengeful spirit, yeah. Um... So, a couple little tidbits before we get into our favorite parts. Um, Jensen actually celebrated his birthday um, on location at the prison during this filming. And um, if you have the DVD, the Season 2 DVD Blu-ray, you can see this in the um, extras. But the uh, 50 extras dressed up as prisoners and saying happy birthday to him. Wow. In the, like, in the prison yard. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and Cliff Coasterman, 
who plays Tiny, mm-hmm. also is um, Breckenball Calhoun in the wrestling one from season 11. Oh, God, is he really? Yeah, <laughs> Beyond the Mat. He is also Jared and Jensen's driver and bodyguard, personal bodyguard. That's Cliff? Yeah. Oh, my God. Really? Yep. That's awesome. So <laughs> That makes everything a lot funnier. <laughs> that makes the infirmary scene that much better. It really does. I've heard a lot of stories about that guy from... Well, because Misha hangs out a lot with him, too. Right. He pretty much drives the three of them everywhere. Right. I would love to hear those conversations. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Garwin Sanford, the guy who plays Deacon, he's also the supernatural producer, Jim Michaels, in The French Mistake, season six, which is like one of my favorite episodes oh, ever. Oh, is he really? Now yeah. I'm trying to remember his face in that. Yeah. I've seen that one so many times. It's such a good episode. I love that episode. Definitely top three for oh me. Oh my god, we're gonna have to have a whole podcast just about that episode. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so but, we can recite it to each other. Exactly. That'll be a fun podcast. <laughs> Let's just read the script right. <laughs> without the script in front of us and see how we can do. Yeah. We used to do that with Weezer sitting in Karo's singing yeah. the entire album from beginning, beginning to, to end. end. No and then problem. arguing about which songs we might have missed. Or, right. Yeah. I, I thought we did pretty well. We did do pretty well. And then we would go all the way back to Pinkerton and go all the way through. It was <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> we had a lot of time back then. We did. <laughs> uh, body count on this was four, according to IMDb. So, so we had the first guard. Then Lucas. Lucas. And Tiny. And the ghost, I guess. I guess we're back to counting the monster. I don't know. <clears throat> um, Unless they're counting the guy she killed that they were talking what? about, the one with all the blood. He left all the blood all oh, over Oh, Mark his. Moody? Yeah. She didn't kill him. The guards killed him. Oh, that's right. So, yeah. I mean, that would still but, be a body yeah. in a body count. I this don't know. This is true. Um, so, yeah. Those are the little things I have. To, what was your favorite song in this? Uh, Rooster. Me too. I, I mean, love how could it not be? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, my favorite moment is the whole, um, Mara telling Hendrickson the wrong cemetery. Just yeah. Just her smiling. And I was like, yeah, you get him. <laughs> Take that. Because I'm assuming it was because she doesn't believe him about their guilt. And she was like, this guy's a dick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense. Um, I liked in the fight between Dean and Tiny, uh, when Dean headbutts him and like almost knocks himself out. Right. <laughs> I also, my favorite moment is also probably the interaction between him and Tiny in the infirmary. And that was my other like one. Yeah, that was the other one I picked too. Because that's just so good. And knowing that it's his actual bodyguard and driver just makes it that much better. Yeah, it really does. That whole thing is really funny. Um, I have a couple of lines. I do too. Um, <clears throat> I really liked when he said, um, I call this one my blue steel. Right. And duck faces it. Um, I like, um, I think my most favorite is Tiny with the truth is I do have self-esteem issues. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> just the look on Dean's face is like, uh. <laughs> I also really like the donut comment. Yes. <laughs> um, I really like the end when Sam's like, thought we were screwed before. And Dean's like, I know, we got to go deep this time. Oh, yeah. And he's like, deep, Dean, we should go to Yemen. He's <laughs> like, oh, I'm not sure I'm ready to go that not deep. deep. Um, and then I also like how um, 
Sam was, you know, really concerned that Hendrickson was there. And Dean goes, yeah, that guy moves a lot faster than I thought. <laughs> Look, we, all we got to do is find the ghost, put the sucker down, then grab ourselves a couple of teardrop tattoos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's make ourselves more conspicuous. <laughs> I liked that. Dean. He's such a dork. That's all I have for this episode. Yeah, that's all I have, too. That's a funny episode, but not like, you know, an right. amazing one or anything. So I guess we will be back in a little while for what is and what should never be. Episode 20 is What Is and What Should Never Be, directed by Eric Kripke and written by Rayleigh Tucker. So it's a really good one. Yes. <clears throat> so we start, um, Dean's driving around, Sam's at the hotel. He gives him a call because he sees a cop outside. Uh, and he's kind of upset because of what happened in the last episode. Right. But uh, the cop <laughs> takes off, so he's like, all right. No problem. But we get to see that Sam's looking at a bunch of like really medieval type history books um, and lets Dean know that they're hunting a djinn. And we learn that Dean uh, preferred I Dream of Genie over Bewitched right. as far as classic <laughs> television goes. <laughs> um, and based on what Sam tells him, he decides he's going to go check out an abandoned warehouse that he uh, passed previously. And Sam's like, I think that's a bad idea. By so himself. of course, Dean's like, all right, well, I'm going to go do it anyways. Um so he gets inside. We see, like, this figure behind, like, a glass wall, like, following him. This really pale-looking figure. But then he does the whole jump around the corner, and, like, there's no one there. But then he gets pinned against the wall by this guy, and we see, like, the blue flames in his hands. Uh, and light, blue light enters his eyes, and then it just cuts to the title card. I love how Dean's, like... No, I don't. I think it's okay. I'm just gonna go check it out. Right. Like, what <laughs> makes you, you think know? it's okay? Right. <laughs> this is what gets you guys in trouble. Right. Stop Every doing shit time. alone. Every time, dude. So this is also the first time we see the Impala with Ohio plates instead of Kansas plates, and Sam explains it that you know in the beginning because they're fugitives. Right. And they need to change them out. How long does the, do the Ohio plates stay, or is this like the permanent change? I think this is the permanent change. God, it seems like the Kansas plates were there for so much longer. Right? How weird. So, um, Dean wakes up. He doesn't know where he is. Um, 
Did you find out what that movie is that he's watching? Yeah, From Hell It Came, 1957. I want to see that just for that monster. (laughs) (laughs) That guy looked fucking badass. Yeah. We have gone away from the use of puppets. Puppets. And, you know, special effects. Which I think we need to go back to I would love it if we can go back to that. Not that I'm opposed to visual effects. No. But... Special effects and, you know, practical effects and monster makeup and prosthetics is just so Well, and even puppets. Like, I think people really overlook that, especially when we're looking at people, like, fighting monsters in TV shows and movies. It makes their reactions a lot more believable. Exactly. Because they have something to focus on. Instead of a tennis ball. Exactly. (laughs) Like we were talking about in Hollywood Babylon. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No problem. So, he calls Sam to tell him that the gin attacked him. And Sam's like, you're drunk on gin? Okay, you need to go to bed. (laughs) And so we're like, what in the fuck is going on? Right, Sam's acting a little weird. So Carmen comes out. We found out that the girl he was sleeping next to, his name is Carmen. Uh, She comes out and she asks him to come back to bed. And he's just really confused. But he's he's also also kind of like, I could probably do that in a minute. Let me try and figure some stuff out real quick. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, yeah, give me a second. Let me look around. Um, But yes, I'll, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. In in just a minute Um, here. So he goes around and he's looking at pictures of, you know, her and him together. Then he turns around and he sees another picture. We don't get to see it. He drops drops it it and the glass breaks. breaks, And then he rushes out. In the pictures he's looking at on her shelf, there's one of her laying on the beach. Like, who keeps a picture of themselves? I was like, <laughs> laying the, on the beach. The exact thought <laughs> popped into my head, and I was like, no. <laughs> Never have that picture of myself. Why would you have by yourself? Right. Like, weird, this weird, like, close up shot of you laying on the beach. Like, like I guess maybe if it's sentimental in a way that, like, Dean took it of you and you think it's I sweet. Guess, but, but it's still kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's just yeah. kind of. All right, narcissists. <laughs> Get more pictures of, you know, friends and family or right. at least the two of you <laughs> at together. At least two of you together, exactly. Um, so he shows up at his parents, his old house. And. Uh, well, because he was looking at the mail on the counter and realized he was in Lawrence, Kansas. Right. Well, I mean, I'm talking about after he saw the photo. I know. I'm just okay. saying that so they know where he's at. Right. So he goes to his his old house and he knocks on the door and his mom answers. And now you're just like, okay, what? This isn't real. This yeah. is obviously some, the gin did something to him. Right. Um, and i you know, you could probably guess it's a wish that he thought of and that's what the gin is doing, but there's right. probably something bad. Um, well, I mean, it's a monster. So. Right. So <clears throat> Dean is not convinced that Mary is really Mary. So he asks her, what did you used to tell me? When you put me to sleep. And she says. That there's an angel. Angels were watching over you. I used to tell you the angels were watching over you. And I put. Ha. (laughs) Told you. As my note. (laughs) Because that comes up much later. Which is hilarious. Yes. Because he doesn't believe it. But anyway. (laughs) So. So Dean is starting to think that he wished for this. um, And that the djinn gave it to him. And that's what's going on. Um, and he kind of he starts like mumbling that like oh maybe you know it doesn't come to fruition yet what he's actually thinking but he kind of mumbles it in front of her right um and then he starts looking around 
looking um, at the photos the house and he yeah. sees that John Winchester was, was on a softball, softball team, team. <laughs> um, his shirt was route or route 66, 66 and yeah I'm, hmm. Hmm. I'm number six on there you got your ghost truck yeah monster truck <laughs> right they didn't want it to look like a monster truck but boy <laughs> did it oh yeah um so Dean thinks it's funny that his dad was on a softball team and Mary is like he loved that softball team <laughs> Um, and then we also find out that John died in his sleep. In 2006. By a stroke. Yes. And Dean's like, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Well, I just, and to me, it's funny that he dies at the same time he died in real life. Right. You know what I mean? Like that part of Dean's wish didn't change. Yeah. It is odd because you would yeah. think that he would want both, both of, of them, them to be around. around. I mean, Dean really loved his dad. Right. There wasn't as much resentment there as like what Sam has. They just couldn't him. get the actor. <laughs> I'm sure they could. <laughs> and then I would be weirded out as Mary because he asks her, just flat out asks her, was there ever a fire here? <laughs> and she's like, no. He's well, like, no, I thought there was. We but, could tell by the amount of times people keep asking him and talking about his drinking. That's true. That he's probably an alcoholic. That's true. Because she does say he's been drinking. Yeah. And so she's probably in her head like, oh, he's on one of his little mm-hmm. episodes again. Mm-hmm. That's probably why she wasn't yeah. like, what in the fuck is wrong with you? Right. Out, like, just outright. Because she does she, she does say it. And she asks him if, she's like, let me get Carmen to pick you up. You're obviously drunk. Right. And he's like, no, no, no. I want to stay here. He won't let her call Carmen because he wants to stay. And she's like, well, okay. If you, if, you, if you are actually okay, I won't call her. So, um... The next episode, or next episode, the next scene is Dean talking to the professor. He goes to, the, I guess, the local college and talks to the right. guy about the gin. And he's, like, wanting to know if it could be real, if the if they could get... And the professor's like, this isn't You know that real. this is mythological, right? <laughs> and then the professor asks if he's been drinking. Right. <laughs> and, and Dean, everybody keeps asking me that, but no. Yeah. Um, and I forgot to look this up. I'm wondering that the guy who plays the professor looks really familiar. Did you know? I don't remember jotting him down. I'm, if he is, I should have looked it up. If he is in another episode or something else, then. I think he's in a different show though. Okay, I needed to look well, I mean, that up. It, I should have looked that up. Um, Wiki and IMDb will always, you know, yeah, they'll tell you which because he. I'm sure. Most of these actors I've noticed have been in, have been huge TV actors. Right. They right. have a lot of parts in a lot of different TV episodes. Um, not so many um, series regulars. Right. Um, but yeah, I think though that guy who played Deacon from the last episode becomes a series regular on like Buffy or oh, okay something. I can't remember what it is. It's gonna drive me crazy. Anyway. Anyways. Um. So he's talking to the professor to get some information, um, and we can tell that he's kind of hoping that this is just a wish that came true, and there's no underlying evil behind it, and it's just, this is his life now. Right. And he, you can tell he's pretty excited about it. Um, and do you want to take this time to talk about the gin? Or? I can if you want, yeah. Just because I was going to say that the professor tells him that, yes, hypothetically they had were believed to have godlike power so they could change your reality to make you right. believe whatever it was right past pu- past future or present so 
So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Jinn are actually a big part of the Quran, which I didn't realize that. Um, but in the Quran, they're described as being made of smokeless, scorching fire, which is kind of what we see at the beginning that he's doing with his palm. Right. Um, uh, but they also are like actually physical and we can like touch them. Um, and Jinn and angels and humans are the three sapient creations made by God. The jinn are most like humans, um, that they can be good, they can be evil, they can be benevolent. <laughs> Sorry. That was rude. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> um, but thus the jinn, unlike angels, but just like humans, have free will. Um, and so uh, certain jinn are uh, confu- not confused, but are like jinn you see in the Quran can also be likened to demons that you would see in Christian mythology. Um, and this one I thought was kind of interesting is that in the Quran, there's a jinn named Ilbis who is also named Azazel. Oh, interesting. Um, so in the medieval times, it was believed that the jinn were the actual source of magic that people would see. Like when people, when humans were saying they could levitate objects or, um, fortune tellers could tell your future or people in seances could talk to dead people. What people believed was actually happening is that jinn were levitating the objects or they were telling the fortune tellers hidden truths that humans couldn't see. Or they were just flat out just like making voices at the person leading the seance just to kind of fuck with them. All right. Excuse me. They were most commonly known to be trying to enter heaven without God's permission. Um, And it's said that they touched the limits of the sky in trying to do so. Um, And then were like, kind of not smited down by angels, but the angels were very like forceful with removing them from the gates of heaven. Um, Get out of here. Yeah. 86. (laughs) And that in the Quran, there's a lot of um, reminders to humans not to worship the jinn, even though the jinn do appear to have the godlike powers. They're not gods and you you shouldn't worship them. Um, There's also beliefs that each human was assigned their own jinn. Huh. So, uh, that jinn could choose to be, again, that jinn could choose to be good, evil, just completely benevolent. Might not um, be evil. Well, probably. <laughs> but that they would be known to whisper things to humans to make them do things. Um, and so that's kind of like an out for people who were evil. They're like, well, I have an evil jinn. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> um, and that the most frequent place that Americans have come across Jin is Arabian Nights. Have you read any of those stories? No, I've been to the restaurant. There's a restaurant? Well, you know, at Disney World. Oh, okay. <laughs> the medieval knights version of, of where they have like, right. you know, yeah. turkey legs and you eat with your hands. I know what you mean. Yeah. Only since Arabian Nights. Mm-hmm. Okay. But no, I haven't read the books. <laughs> I've seen Aladdin. And the, that's where Aladdin comes from, <laughs> is from the, the stories, the Arabian Night stories. Um, the one that is most commonly cited when talking about jinn is um, the fishermen and the genie. They are called genies. I think that's just when you're referring to one as opposed to like them as a group. I don't know. So is jinn plural? I don't know. <laughs> I think jinn is kind of like when you say human and you mean like the entire human um, or like a generic kind of just human gotcha. type thing. That's what jinn is. Interesting. Um, so 
one thing that they talk about a lot in the Quran is that Solomon, King Solomon, was trying very hard to capture jinn and make them work for him. Okay. And so there was a lot of resentment between jinn and King Solomon. And so the fisherman was fishing, uh, and he was having a really bad day fishing. But on his, I want to say his fourth cast into the river, he caught a big clay vessel that had the... Um, uh, Genie? The Mark of Solomon on it. Wow, oh. that took a while. I'm like, where did I write this? <laughs> um, and he was going to sell it because, I mean, it's obviously pretty valuable, even just with the Mark of Solomon on it. But he also kind of wanted to see what was in it. He was a little curious. So he pries it open and the gin comes flying out. Um, it was a genie, a genie named Ifrit, who is believed to be a very strong genie and very intelligent Um that the genie are not genie was not able to be harmed by human weapons, but they were susceptible to magic for like killing them or enslaving them, which is what Solomon did by binding him to that pot, basically. Okay. Um, when the genie came out of the pot, he thought he had been summoned by Solomon, and so he was like ready to kill him. Um, right. And the fisherman told him that Solomon had been dead at this point for centuries. Um, and the, <laughs> the Jenny was so happy that he was going to let the fisherman have his own choice of how he died. And <laughs> it just flat out killed him. Um, and what we learned is that he had been trapped in that pot for 400 years. Oh my God. Um, in the first 100 years, he had decided that whoever freed him would be uh, enriched with good health and fortune forever. Um, in the second century, he was getting a little more upset. So he decided whoever freed him would just be given a lot of wealth. In the third century, he decided whoever freed him would be granted three wishes, which is where we kind of get that from. And then by the time the fourth century came around, he was just so enraged that he decided whoever freed him was going to die. Right. Uh, But that they'd just be able to choose how they died. Uh, And then it's kind of cool the way the fisherman, like, kind of got his way out of it because he, like, totally tricked the guy. And he's like, I want to know how you fit back into this pot. You're so big. Like, how do you get in there? And so the genie, who are, like, very... uh, proud of themselves and right. like to brag and boast was like, oh, well, check this out and shrunk himself down really small and got back into the pot, which of course the fisherman slams right. the lid on and he's like, no, you can't get out till you like make a deal with me. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I have heard that story. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. And so basically he gets a wish from the genie and that wish leads to him being able to fish up all these really exotic fish that are really valuable. Uh, and that, uh, his son, is it his son? No, his daughters were married to, no, his son was appointed the sultan's treasurer and both his daughters were married. One was married to the sultan and then another was married to a prince. Um, and they all lived happily ever after. Aw. Yeah. That's what's a pretty good cool, one wish. <laughs> right? Um, what's kind of cool, if you've ever, if you haven't ever read Arabian Nights, is all the stories, I don't know if you know this, but are kind of tied to each other. They all lead to the next one. And like this one has... Like, three different stories already in it. Right. So, it was just, I got to read it because I have, of course, I have Arabian Nights because I'm a nerd. <laughs> but I read through this one today and I was like, oh, that's really oh, nice. pretty cool story. But yeah, that's what I did for Jen. I don't know if you were hoping for something a little more, but. No, I think that's great. Um, and doesn't say anything about them feeding on blood. But right. if they're evil, maybe that's what they get their assistance from. Right. 
Because I like how Dean is like, so why would they do that? Is it for self-defense? Is it, are they just not evil? And the professor's just like, that's what are what you talking like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's when he asks if he's been drinking. Yeah, I think you're right. But anyways, so Dean leaves. He checks the trunk of baby and there's no weapons and he's like well baby we're civilians i like that there's a maxim magazine right? <laughs> of course there is like dean reads maxim <laughs> he likes it for the articles of course um then he sees a girl wearing white just staring at him across the street so he goes to approach her he almost gets hit by a car and then she's gone and he's like okay that's weird whatever he goes back home, he's eating a grilled cheese sandwich that his mom has made him, and he thinks it's the best thing ever, and it's really cute. It looks like a really good it sandwich. It does look really good. <laughs> when he takes a bite of it, I was like, oh man. I was like, I need to go make a grilled cheese yeah. sandwich and some like tomato soup or something. Seriously. good. Yeah. But I love how he's like, that lawn looks like yeah. it needs a mowing, and she's like, what? <laughs> you want to mow the Who lawn? are you? <laughs> and I love the look on his face when she's like, it's like you've never mowed, mowed a lawn, lawn before. before. <laughs> he's like, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So I, I wrote, like when he's... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I was going to say when he's mowing the lawn. I mean, obviously the song is pretty funny, but... Oh, that's my favorite song. Is it? I love Joy <laughs> the, um The color in that scene is like really vivid. Like you can tell they kind of just went a little uh, over the top with it just enough that you wouldn't might not really notice it. But I think it really adds to the whole... Um, well, that's what I was going to say. Kind of idealness of the situation there's a whole tidbit here about that oh is there really so the episode references the david lynch film blue velvet which is a dark film that explores the violence and corruption that lies beneath the idyllic facade of suburbia facade facade sorry um so that film opens with the shots of a perfect town we zoom in on a picket fence covered in red roses yep where a man is watering the garden a perfect happy scene and suddenly has a stroke collapses in pain as life continues on around him, the camera takes us beneath the surface, literally to writhing, writhing, disgusting bugs and decomposition beneath the manicured lawn. And this is all referenced in the scene of Dean mowing the lawn in front of the very... It's, if you look at stills from Blue Velvet and this episode, okay. it, the house is almost identical. Okay. It's crazy. That's awesome. Um, so we have the picket fence, the red roses, the house, and we don't do the literal um, right. going beneath the thing, but beneath this um, reality of his is, is evil dark, evil, right, so, yeah. So, yeah, that's I why... I love that movie. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, uh-huh. I love that movie. That's why I think the colors are different. And, yeah. And because this is December 5th, which is Mary's birthday, oh, and in yep. Lawrence, Kansas, it would not be a bright, a bright sunny summer day. 80. Yeah. It would be like 40 degrees, 30 With, degrees. Like, winter, everything, uh-huh. everywhere and everything dead So already. it's just all part of the facade the perfect of the, dream the wishverse. Right. As people kept calling it on Wikipedia. The wishverse. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> um, so he's enjoying his beer at the stoop. After he's finished mowing lawn, he's very happy with himself. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, and Sam and Jessica show up. So we finally get to see the interaction between Dean and Sam in this alternate reality. I love how happy he is to see Jess. 
I know. It's so And he hugs cute. her so hard. And, <laughs> and then you could tell they're like, what in what the, the fuck? Because oh, you're, and you, I think you can already know at this point that you think his family thinks he's kind of just a worthless drunk. Kind of a loser. Right. Exactly. And so it's really heartbreaking to see how happy he is to see Sam, uh, Jessica and hug her like that yeah. and be happy to see Sam. And they're just like, who, who are, are you? you? Like, yeah. what is going on? You do feel pretty bad for him. So that's when we find out they're there for Mary's birthday and Dean didn't even realize it. Um, but, you know. He didn't know what not day like he, it was. <laughs> right. Not like he's like, going to know what's going right. on. <laughs> so um, even if it was December 5th when he got taken from the gin, like. Right. How would he remember or even know, know that's the that. day that exactly. <laughs> the wish is on? Exactly. He has but, no way of knowing that. Anyway, so they go out to dinner to this really nice place, and Jess and Sam announce their engagement. So everybody's really happy, and they're hugging, and Dean sees the girl again. She's looking a little bit more ragged than the first time. She's dirty, little Very bruised. disheveled, yeah. Right. Um, so he starts going after her right away, and she disappears, and he turns around, and everybody at the table is looking at him like, what Where are is you going, going to right? this guy? <laughs> Like, something's going on with my brother and my son and my husband or boyfriend, whatever Carmen right. is. Um, so they all get home. Mom goes to bed. Sam and Jess are going to leave. And Dean's like, wait, let's celebrate. You know, like. What yeah. And you could tell everyone's just like, what? What is going on with you? Well, you can tell Carmen's kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah, like wanting like, to back him up. Come on. Yeah. But both Jess so, and Sam are like, uh. Yeah. So Sam finally is like, well, let's have a talk. Like a one-on-one -on -one yeah. between bros. So they go, and Sam basically tells Dean that they don't get along. Like, yeah. he stole his ATM card, he ditched his graduation, like... He Slept with his prom date. Right. <laughs> on prom. What was her name? Um, Rachel... Rachel Knave, who wrote Bugs. Oh! The season <laughs> one, one episode. episode Bugs. Yeah. There you go. And I just, that whole list of things that Sam tells them and Dean, yeah, that does kind of sound like me. Right. Um, also, just another tidbit about Rachel is we find out later in season five that she was possessed by a demon <laughs> to oh, watch over Sam. Mm -hmm. Oh, we do? Yeah. Oh. Well, there we are. In Swan Song. Oh, so like at the very last episode of season five. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... Um, which I thought is kind of funny. Yeah. That in this alternate universe, Dean slept with her. Right. But anyway, um, so basically Dean is telling, or Sam is telling him that and, um, you know, Dean is totally heartbroken and just like, yeah. what in the fuck? And then he's like, oh, and Sam's leaving and he's like, we have nothing in common, man. It's just, that's. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we do hunting. <laughs> Sounds like I've, I've never, never been, been hunting. hunting in my life. So, and that's what I kind of wonder is, did Dean really think they were still hunters right, in this like, universe? Or was he just I like a little upset? grasping at yeah, this point. Yeah. he's so like taken aback. Because this is supposed relationship to be his Sam. wish. Right. And his wish is supposed to have this perfect family. And But what I think he didn't realize is that his wish was just for Mary to be alive. Right. Um, which would have changed a lot of things about his life. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, obviously. But yeah. Um. I feel I feel really bad for Dean. It's really heartbreaking. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so this is where we see him telling 
Carmen that he's really upset that he and his brother don't get along. And she's like, well, you guys just don't hang out much. You know, you're never around each other. Right. And he's like, oh, I'm going to change that. And we're going to, we're going to be great. Yeah. Um, she goes to bed or no, she goes to work. work. (laughs) And he totally thinks he's dating a (laughs) A stripper. stripper. Right. Because she has the night shift on Thursdays. Right. And he goes, I'm dating a nurse. Respectable. So <laughs> I was like, you're so fucking cute. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. But anyway, so he goes and he's watching TV and he's flipping through channels and he realizes, um, or, well, he sees that on the news that it's the anniversary of the plane crash that he and his brother stopped, stopped. in season one. And so then he goes on. Which doesn't that kind of mess with the whole date, it being Mary's birthday? Things seem kind of out of order. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry. It's okay. But he goes and he does like a Sam research montage and goes back and looks at tons of their cases. All of them, like apparently according to what he says to his dad's grave. And all of the people that he, Sam, and his father saved are now dead. Yeah. And it's one of those instances that when you see that, because one of Dean's um, major lines through this whole season is how much he doesn't like the job how they never get thanked for doing the job and um but then he sees that yeah and then he sees all of these people dying that he feels like they were um able to save and it kind of makes you realize that even if he doesn't get thanked like what they do is so important right you know that he couldn't even if someone turned around and said thank you i don't think it would really change how he felt right about the way things go yeah. It gives them just a very jaded sense of what goes on around people. Right. You know? Well, and I think this kind of all, you know, brings it really home for him. In right. this episode to kind of see what they do. Obviously, because he makes the decision to leave this very amazing place yeah. that he has. Yeah. Um, but this is also when he sees the girl for the third time. And she is now looking really fucked up. She's bleeding She's even more dis- She's very disheveled. Pale, yeah. Um, and she leads him to the closet. He opens the closet and he sees two hanging dead bodies that are like totally drained. Just yeah. Uh, which it's just a vision, but it flashes in and out. That's when he goes to his dad, his dad's grave, and he's like, "What do I do?" You know, like it's. The sacrifices that we make, this is what we could have had, but we don't. Right. But then there's all these people that died, you know, and he's just... he's having a struggle and he's, you know, doing the whole saying it out loud thing to his right. father's grave to try to work through it. And he starts crying. <laughs> and it's always terrible when Dean cries because then you know it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that scene when he's talking to John because they do, and I mentioned this before in other episodes, they do this editing when you see monologues like that where they'll cut away while he's still saying the line. Mm -hmm. And then they cut immediately to him, like probably not even, I think in this one it was mostly him not even saying anything, but you can still hear him um, finishing off the line. It just really adds a good, like, upsetting and confusing type of effect to it. So you can kind of relate to what Dean is like feeling at that moment. So... This scene, specifically where he's talking, was shot in one take. They just used... Was it really? Yeah. They used two cameras so they could get different angles to do the cutting back and forth. Wow. But they did it in one take. And Eric Kripke says that it was the second or third take they just filmed with two separate cameras so they wouldn't have to break Jensen's performance up. 
And Kripke describes on the DVD commentary as Jensen is a treat to work with because of how he can tap into emotions and convey it on camera. Wow. So, yeah, they did that all in one take. They just had multiple cameras, cameras on, them on them so that they could do the editing they wanted. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I thought so too. It just flows so much yeah. better. And you can tap and you can totally see it. Oh, yeah, know. absolutely. Um, so. Dean goes to Sam and Jessica's house, and it's obviously totally reminiscent of... Reenactment of the pilot. The yeah. pilot, and it is awesome. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> it's even the same exact conversation. Yeah. I'm just here for a beer. In <laughs> um, <laughs> Mom's China Cabinet. I'm sorry, can I do a little, like, sidebar here? Because yeah. this is that related to the episode, and it's not very sad either, which I know this episode is. Do you ever... You watch Jenna Marbles. On yeah, YouTube, oh, yeah, right. So she was doing an open letters video. Did you see that one? I don't think I have. Um, and she's talking about China because he's in their mom's china cabinet. That's what Sam's line is. It's like you're getting right. a beer out of mom's china cabinet. And she writes an open letter to China wanting to know if they call their China America. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get the America out of the America <laughs> cabinet. <laughs> She's like, if you don't, you do, you should, because then it could be like a thing <laughs> between us. <laughs> Which is, oh. of course, the first thing I thought of when he's like, China cabinet all hit. Of America. Course. <laughs> America. <sighs> anyway, sorry. Continue. No, it's okay. That's, she's fucking hilarious. Yeah. If you guys haven't ever watched Jenna Marbles, you need to check her out. She's amazing. Um, so he takes us, and he, Dean tells Sam that he needs, the sil- to, he was stealing the silver because he owes somebody money, mm-hmm. uh, a loan shark, mm-hmm. and he's going to go pay him off. It, it's funny, though, because he just takes one silver knife and yeah. leaves. Um, so he's in the car. San- or Dean is in the Impala outside the house um, thinking about what to do, I guess, because he doesn't take off right away. Right. Um, and then suddenly Sam gets in the car. And he's like, I'm not letting you go do whatever stupid ass thing you're going to do all by yourself. And, and Dean's like, you're going to get hurt. Like, you need yeah. to get out Dean's of here. Dean's trying to get him to leave. Right. And after several attempts, Sam's like, no, I'm not leaving. And Dean's like, why? And he's like, because you're still my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Very, Very reluctantly. Because like, you're still my brother. So. Mom would be mad if I did it. <laughs> and then Dean says, bitch. And he goes, what? <laughs> what? Why, are why are you calling me a bitch? <laughs> I love that I part love that so much. Part. <laughs> You're supposed to call me. Ch- Never mind. <laughs> so they're driving and they're driving, and there's a brown paper rag, and Sam's like, "What's in this?" And Dean's like, "Nothing." And he's like, "Oh, nothing? Really? Really yeah. nothing?" And he pulls it out, and it's like this container of lamb's blood. Yeah. And see, Sam just freaks out, and he's like, "What in the fuck is going on?" Yeah. So then Dean tells him the truth, to which Sam thinks he's completely and totally, and totally psycho. Sick. And Which I like that because it brings us back to what you were saying when we first started about the pilot and how the original storyline was that Dean would just be a serial killer. Right. It kind of puts <laughs> us like in that universe yeah, exactly. or that's what Sam's thinking. Like, And then what I always think is so awful for Sam is here's this brother you never talk to. And the one time you're like, I'm going to be there for you, bro. <laughs> he's like got lamb's blood in the car and he's like talking about talking killing, about a, killing gin. a gin. Like, right. yeah, I feel I feel bad for Sam in this part. So Sam's like, you need to pull over. I'm going to get you help. And he starts calling someone. And the whole time he's dialing, Dean is just rolling Rolling down down the window. window. (laughs) Nonchalantly. Oh, nothing's going on here. 
takes the phone away and just chucks it out the window, <laughs> which was perfect. Um, so they get to the warehouse and Dean's just like, stay behind me. Well, I love it because Sam has fallen asleep. Right. In the car and he wakes him up by shining the flashlight in his face. Which is odd that he would have fallen asleep when he thinks his I brother's think so completely too. crazy. Yeah, but I mean, we are talking about Sam, yeah. so he's kind of... <laughs> Sam falls asleep pretty easily, I've noticed. He does. He really they does. They both do. Um, so they get there, um, they hear the, the screaming or the whimpering, and they go to see what's going on, and um, they, find they see... The... They find the girl that has been haunting... Uh, well, they find the two dead bodies that he had a vision of in the closet. And then they find the girl. Um, but then the gin is coming back. So they hide. They watch him drink her blood. You know what? I always wonder about that part, though, when they first show up. And he's like, see, there's nothing here. That's what Sam keeps telling him. And then he hears, like, the people, like, the voices. And right. then they go and they see the bodies hanging there. Like, how much... When Sam was looking at this and, like, thinking about things, like, did he think that maybe this was like dean who put these people here like you know what i mean like right. what was he thinking that whole well, i don't time? think he was thinking anything because this think is so? well at this point this is just a figment of dean's imagination through the gin and the well, gin's character of sam is trying to get dean to leave i know but i'm just saying that we could look well, at it, sam as like if sam. sam was a person then yes he's probably like did my brother do this right am i gonna die <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, obviously we find out that it's yeah. just, I know it's but... being like, no, let's go. Yeah. You're digging too deep. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, if it was Sam, I, I think he would have been like, oh shit. <laughs> oh, we need to leave. <laughs> I need to, I need to leave. Right. <laughs> I'm leaving now. Um, so yeah, Sam is begging, um, Dean to leave and Dean's like, um, he, Sam's that's like when, that thing's gonna come back right and this is when Dean's like no what if he's like what if I'm like her you know and, I, and I'm dying I'm just fading away somewhere in this little alternate reality and Sam's like you're you're right you're not crazy you were right, right about the thing but now you're being crazy let's just go we'll get help and he's like no I can kill myself and yeah. wake up yeah <laughs> and Sam's like are you listening <laughs> to yourself <laughs> He's, his, this imagination of the djinn is doing a very convincing job right. of being Sam. Yeah, like, well, because, I mean, he gets it all out of Dean's head, you know what exactly. I mean? And so, yeah, it was, um, so, but they've realized that Dean has actually crossed to the point where he's just like, nope, I'm doing this. So the whole family shows up and each take turn basically saying why he shouldn't do it and why he should stay. And then Mary comes up and says that, sure, you will die in a couple of days here, but, but it'll seem or like in you, your world, right? but here it'll seem like a whole lifetime and you get yeah. to have a life with us. Isn't that what you want? You know, and, and Sam's I, like, yeah, we sacrifice too much. Yeah. And I cry through this whole scene. Yeah. It's incredibly sad. It really is. <laughs> and Dean's like, yeah. And you can see he's thinking about it and he really, really, really wants it. And I like because Sam kind of ends it all with why do we have to save everyone? Right. And that's kind of what that's what that's Dean what like flips with. this, but and then right. also that's what flips the switch for Dean exactly, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, well, it's funny because that's what he always struggles with, but that's right. also what keeps him going, right? Um, 
So he then plunges the knife into his stomach and wakes up. And we cut to Sam doing the classic Dean scream. Dean! (laughs) Dean! Dean! (laughs) So Dean wakes up and he says, what do you say? Auntie M. Auntie M. Probably something like that. that. It was some type of a... He was a Wizard of Oz. Wizard I know of Oz he does reference. two Wizard of Oz yes. references in this. But anyway, so the djinn shows up behind Sam and they start to fight. And Dean is able to c- continue to free himself. Picks up the knife, silver knife dipped in lamb's blood, which is what that it takes to Sam kill Sam yes. <laughs> and kills the djinn. Yes. Saves his brother. And they go and they find out that the girl who'd been following Dean is still, uh, alive. Is still alive. So they take her to the hospital. They're in the hotel room. Sam gets off the phone with the hospital. She's in stable condition. She's going to live. Everything's great. And then this is like, to me, just so... I cry through this whole scene. Yeah. Because um, Dean and Sam have a talk about Dean's wish. And Dean opens up way more than usual. Um, and this is just a very simple scene. Uh, it's just that two guys in a motel room... But it's just so emotional. Mm-hmm. And it's done so well. Mm-hmm. Dean talks about how he wanted to stay really bad. And that they give up too much. They sacrifice too much. And Sam's just like, it wasn't real. And Dean's like, yeah, but you were so happy. And you can see how much he loves his brother. He didn't even yeah. care. I mean, obviously he cares that he was also happy. But he right. was like, you had Jessica. You guys right. were engaged. You are going to have kids. Right. Mom um, was going to have grandchildren. Right. Yeah. Um. And Sam's like, I'm glad you dug yourself out, and I'm glad we hunt together and we have a relationship, you know, because Dean told them that they didn't have right. a good relationship. Right. You know? um, and it ends with Sam saying, um, what exactly does he it say? It says, uh, it's not people fair. People are alive. Oh. But people are alive because of you. It's worth it, Dean. It is. It's not fair, and you know it hurts like hell, but it's worth it. But the whole time he's saying it, it's just on Dean's face. Yeah. And it's just, I'm just like, oh my god, stop! Yeah. Roll credits! <laughs> I can't take it anymore! <laughs> and I just... Ugh! I love it. Yeah. It's a really great episode. It's so good. So I have a couple of things that I was wondering when I watched it the second time. Um, so, with what we saw happening with the, the girl, who is obviously also living in a memory, and or not a memory, but in a dream, and Dean hanging there living in a dream, and his dream was really happy... Um, does this make the djinn evil? Because, I mean, he had no reason to make them believe they were happy, you know, or to make them even believe anything. I mean, he could have just. I would them guess out. that they give, the djinn give people, you know, what they want so mm-hmm. that there's no recourse for them trying to find a way out or. Because apparently you wake up knowing what happened. Right. You wake into your dream world knowing that you were attacked by something and now you've woken up somewhere completely unrecognizable depending on your dream. Right. So, especially for hunters, you know, I would imagine that they would want to give you something you would want and not come back from so you don't fight it off and you don't... Because right. apparently you can fight to resurface yourself. Right. Um, that's my only guess is that they would do something nice so that they don't have to deal with people struggling so that right. they can just suck you dry for well but my whole thing is want. like especially with what i read about jen is they don't have to do that at all you know they don't have to make you think you're happy or give you like some type of a wish like they could seriously just knock you out and make you completely unconscious you know and right. then feed on you that way i guess that was my whole question is like 
why would I mean, yes, they do I that? think they're evil <laughs> because see, they're I drinking their blood. See, and this is like the whole Dean versus Sam argument is are they really evil because they're tr- I mean, they're feeding off of humans. Yes, absolutely. Right. But they're going they're doing it in a way that they're trying to make it less painful for the humans. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this gin. I mean, this is the only gin that we see doing this actual thing. We don't know what any of the other gin we see do. Right. But I guess that's kind of my whole question is, like, why would he go to those troubles? I mean, he doesn't need to. He doesn't have to. Like I said, right. he can make the person think that... I mean, he doesn't have to make them think anything. Right. Well, I mean, we don't know, I guess, what the gin in this supernatural world can do. Right. Based on your research. You know what I mean? Because that's... They're not going completely off of that. You know, because it doesn't say anything about gin. Well, I know, but I'm just asking you more like a question. Like, does that make the gin evil? I still think they're evil. I mean, it's kind of like if you look at the vampires that we've seen in the show. Mm -hmm. We have the vampires who drink people's blood and are evil. And then Mm -hmm. we have the vampires who sustain themselves with animal blood. Right. So they're... that's true. Quote, unquote, not evil. Because even though that they are inherently a monster, they're still trying to do whatever they can to not be a monster right whereas this guy he's obviously enjoying <laughs> drinking the blood and well, like yeah <laughs> i mean vampires also enjoy drinking blood. No, no, but i mean i think you can i think this guy the gin that we get in this episode mm-hmm. seems to kind of find enjoyment in like the whole the whole getup what that he's, he's got going on. Right. Because, like, the way he's stroking her face and he, like, shudders. And yeah. And you're like, ew, you gross pervert. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's doing this just to sustain himself. And he's like, well, I'll just be nice and give them a happy, happy world. You know, he's mm-hmm. just, he's doing that probably because he's lazy and doesn't want to have to <laughs> fight them coming too. Because apparently they keep coming too. Because she did right. it a couple times. Right. And we can assume that Dean did because he kept seeing her. Right. Um, um, so I, to me, to my answer is just yes. Okay. I think they're evil. <laughs> <laughs> At least this particular one. Because I know we meet more in the future, mm-hmm. but we don't see the. And then I also have to wonder. Sorry, I just I I like the gin a lot. It's one of my favorite monsters, especially the makeup. The makeup is fantastic. It's really cool. Um, but then because like they go and they save that girl, but like. When she woke up, she wanted to go back right. to where she was, you know, and when the gin put her back, and that's why the, not why, but so the the gin put her back to sleep and put her back into the dream she was in. So I'm like, should the Winchesters have saved her? Like, well, I, I think mean, she was probably, I don't know if she wanted to go back or not. But she, she was did. like, where's when my they dad? Woke up, she was like, dad? where's my dad? Right. And Dean even says she thought she was with her dad. Right. Like, you know. Should they have taken that away from her? Was that really, like, their decision to make? Well, I think they were saving her life, so I'm sure she was probably thankful for it when she realized what was but going on. my whole thing is, was she? I mean, like the, like Mary told Dean, she, he would have lived a complete happy lifetime in that. Right. And I guess that comes but down to, like... But I don't think she, she would have if they let her be. Because I think once you kill the djinn, that's what breaks the spell. Oh, I guess that's true. So even if they just... We're like, let's leave her. <laughs> Bye. Right. Again, you're not looking at the philosophical part of the question, but yeah. Well, yeah, I think they still should have done it. Okay. Because they're saving her life. I think personally, I'm okay with them doing it because they're saving her life. And as a Winchester, they would never have left her there. Even if, 
Sam might have been like, well, maybe, you know, she obviously wants to be with her dad. Maybe we shouldn't take that away from her. Or maybe even Dean would have been the one and mm-hmm. Sam would have been, because obviously they would have had to have been opposite. Right. <laughs> there would have had to be conflict with them. But I think they, ultimately, they'd want to save her life, regardless of what she thought the world she was in. Well, and that's my whole thing. And that's where, and this is where it comes down to like more of an existential type question is, are they saving her life? Like, it depends on what you define as her life. If she's in complete happiness in this other world, that's her life. You know, your life is in your head. It's not necessarily a physical thing that's happening. That's that's what the philosophy is that I'm talking about. And so was it up to them to end that for her? Well, no, it's not. But she's also in no position to know well, exactly. If it's her life or not. So exactly. it's, it's a very hard thing to say yes or no to. Right. You can't. It's not black right. and white. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to make a discussion because we're having a podcast. <laughs> I know what you're doing. I'm just saying. I, As a Winchester and as Shannon, yes, I would save her, her physical, her physical okay. life. <laughs> okay. And I think the Winchesters would too. Um, and as for her, you know. That would be something that she can have over coffee with them and talk to them about. <laughs> That's stupid. <but> okay. <laughs> um. So, did you have anything else? Uh, no. no um, I got everything. The episode "What Is and What Should Never Be" is actually a Led Zeppelin song from the 1969 album Led Zeppelin II. Um. In the alternate reality, Dean wears a silver chain with a pendant rather than his amulet. I did notice that. Uh, the law book that Sam is reading in the alternate reality is by Kevin Parks, who is an assistant director on Supernatural. Mm. Um, there, When Dean wakes up in the alternate reality and calls Sam, and we can see part of a saved text message that is visible on his phone, which may be to or from... A Christopher Cooper, and it reads, Hey, dude, how are you doing, man? I'm pretty darn good myself. <laughs> I've been meaning to sit down and write, but I've been so damn busy. I've been meaning to call, too, but hey, what's a fella to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a dope. <laughs> um, um, we already went over that. The photos, and this is blatantly obvious but the photos that dean sees in his mom's house of Uh the younger jared and jensen are actual pictures pictures of them when they were younger which i love that prom photo oh i know (laughs) so do i oh my god um this episode along with season 10 fan fiction are the only two episodes as of last year 2015 where the only living thing that dies is the monster hmm wow yeah. That's kind of sad. <laughs> you think they could save more lives. Yeah. Um, so in the alternate reality, so this was something I pulled from um, somebody's uh, continuity on M- uh, IMDb. Uh-huh. So in the alternate universe, Dean still has the Impala, which would not have happened since um, we find out in the in future episodes, Dean, you know, goes and tells his dad not to buy the van, but to buy the Impala. So that would have never happened. So his dad would have had the van. So the Impala wouldn't have existed. 
in this oh, universe. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, however, plot holes regarding the alternate reality would not really be plot holes because it's a fantasy right. created for Dean by the Jim. Yeah, I was just totally about to rip Dean's that to shreds. <laughs> so... I'm like, nope, because he very easily could have gone and bought an Impala. He obviously always wanted one. Right. And he works at a body shop or right. an auto shop. So, so, but yeah, I thought it was kind of an interesting Take your point. continuity and shove it, internet. Well, it was funny because the guy who said it was the guy who, you know, corrected said, himself. You know, this right. wouldn't matter, but I just thought I'd point that out. Right. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, but you're right. It doesn't yeah. matter because the gin is going to just be like, you, you like really this. like that car, and so there you go. <laughs> Um, my favorite song is What a Wonderful World by Joey Ramone. Mm-hmm. When he's mowing the lawn, I just like everything about that scene and that song, and I like Joey Ramone. I picked uh, Saturday Night Special because I like Leonard Skinner. Yeah. It's a really good song. My favorite moment is the very end. I think we both have the favorite <laughs> moment. <laughs> well, no, I think my favorite is when his family's talking to him, trying to get him to stay. To stay. Yeah. Body count is one. Right. The monster. Do you have a favorite line? Um, I really liked when I decided to go with something funny because yeah. there was so much just deepness. Yes. <laughs> I was like, let's pick something light for the line. So I just went with the beginning. Um, I don't know. I guess they're powerful enough, but not exactly, not exactly like Barty Eden. And oh my God, I can't All right. Talk. Let's try that one more time. <laughs> anyway, when Sam is talking about the gin and Dean's like, my God. Barbara Eden, she was hot, wasn't she? Way harder than that bewitch chick. And just, like, the look on his face and how yeah. he totally zones out. And Sam's yeah. like, Dean? <laughs> Are you <laughs> oh, listening? Yeah. <laughs> so I love that part. Or that line. There's other lines that are, you know, a little bit more serious and more meaningful. But I, like I said, I wanted to be a little more lighthearted. <laughs> so it's it's I, a pretty heavy episode. I went with that one because that whole scene, his face, and mm-hmm. it's just really funny. Yeah. Um, I went with, um, Sam, the fake Sam, when he asks Dean, why do we have to save everyone? Because Dean says that so much. Says what? Why do we have to save everyone? Oh, yeah. You know, he says that so much to Sam on his own already, like, outside of this episode, that for Sam to say that back to him was very, I don't know, it, it was very well chosen as far as how they ended that scene. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I picked that one. And then I also picked the one at the very end where he says it's not fair and it hurts like hell, but it's worth it. Yeah. I just, I like everything about that last bit. Yeah. The lines, the diet, all, every, all of it. Yeah. All those lines. All the lines. (laughs) All of the lines. (laughs) Um, yeah. So you have anything else for this episode? No, I got, that's everything I wanted to talk about. All right, so uh, thanks for listening, guys. Please come back next week. If you're not there already, check out the website, thewaywardfans.com. You can get our podcast there and see news and stuff. And, and stuff. Yeah. Oh, we just finished Gish Wishes last week, so we'll probably post some of the pictures up on there. Yeah. You guys can check them out. Totally. Um, it was super fun and stressful. We had a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> so we, we'll find out in 45 to 60 days. One. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you can also find, you can also email us waywardfans at gmail.com. Send us your questions, thoughts, concerns. Let us know what you think of the show. Um, yeah. And you can also follow us on Twitter, waywardfans underscore SPN, or you can even find us on Facebook, waywardfans. Just search it and we will come up. 
So yeah, that's what I've got. What about you? Um, I'm good. That's it. This right. episode was great. I love it. <laughs> and it made me cry. It did. It's very emotional. It's very emotional. And we're ready for the season finale. Yes. Woo! Very exciting. That'll right. be next week. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>